Hey everybody and welcome to the number one sports podcast in the world, a bunch of BS. I'm so excited to be doing this. It's 2024, haven't done the podcast for a while and when you guys hear sports podcasts you might be saying, well Brody, why would you move to a sports podcast when you've been doing this podcast that talks a little bit about everything? Well, the idea is I have always wanted to do this. I have always wanted to be in sports, and I thought there's no better time to start than right now. So a bunch of BS will officially be coming a sports podcast. Now listen, I'm sure there's still going to be a lot of stuff we talk about. There's going to be a lot of stuff we cover, but as of right now, a bunch of BS will become the number one sports podcast in the world. Now it's far from that, but we will get there. So let's dive right into what's happening in the sports world. The title of this headline that I want to talk about is called The Dallas Dumbasses. Okay, because anybody who's a fan of Dallas, in a way, is kind of, let's just say, we're a little bit dumb. Okay, and I'm a Dallas fan. This is hard for me to swallow. This is hard for me to say. But being a Dallas fan today, I have never felt worse in my life. Being a Dallas fan, I have never felt more insecure and also never felt more humiliated in my life than what happened last night in that Green Bay Packers game. Now, if you didn't watch the game, thank God that you didn't watch the game because it was absolutely terrible. The only reason you would have wanted to watch that game is if you were a massive Dallas Cowboy hater. If you're a hater of the Dallas Cowboys, man, you should have that game on rewind because the Dallas Cowboys looked absolutely garbage last night against the Green Bay Packers. And my question is, when does it change? When does Dallas officially say, you know what, we're done with this, we're done being loyal, we need a damn roster just cut everybody on the team, start over. Because right now, whatever we have going is not working. There's two players that I would keep currently on the Dallas Cowboys team. I would keep one, Micah Parsons, even though maybe he didn't have an amazing game last night, and also CeeDee Lamb. Everyone else, get the hell out of Dallas. That's my thoughts. Get the hell out of Dallas. None of these guys can win. None of these guys are winning in the games that they need to win. And yes, we've had mediocre regular season games. We've had pretty good regular season records, yet we are the most maybe mediocre team in the NFL when it comes to actually winning. And the sad part about it is, is when you see that star, that star might be the most synonymous logo in the NFL as far as winning goes. Every time you see a Dallas Cowboys star, most likely the thing that goes to your head is Super Bowls and winning because we're called America's team every year. We are always being considered by the media a team that's going to make a run, a team that's going to win. But this year marks like a consecutive 70 years of just bullshit performance out on the football field. It marks 70 years. And 70, I don't know where I'm pulling that number from. But I can tell you what. My grandpa Les watched the Dallas. I was watching the, the Dallas Cowboys like I do with my family on Sunday, yesterday. My grandpa is going to be 82 years old. The guy is so sick of watching piss-poor Dallas Cowboy performances 
okay? 82 years old. He's been a fan, ride or die. At least he got to see a Super Bowl win. But this guy has been a ride or die Cowboys fan through the most horrendous years of the Dallas Cowboys. And we continue to not get the wins. We continue to go into the playoffs and to be closed out. I mean, and yesterday, it was complete humiliation. Complete humiliation what happened last night for the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody's wondering what Mike McCarthy's future is. It's going to be big. Over the next 24 to 48 hours, we're really going to start to understand what Big Mike's career is. And let me tell you something. Big Mike has had a Super Bowl win. He's had two 12-win seasons with the Cowboys. He's done fine, but he's mediocre. And the Cowboys have had enough of mediocre. In my opinion, get McCarthy the hell out of Dallas. Ship him the hell out of Dallas. There's going to be a team that grabs him. Okay, but Dallas needs somebody who's going to come in during this year of unbelievable coaching changes. There are so many unbelievably good coaches out there. There's a couple that if I was Jerry Jones sitting here on this beautiful Monday morning after your team just got annihilated, I would definitely be looking at a couple different options. I would probably be given Bill the call. I think Bill Belichick in Dallas makes the most sense. It gets me the most excited because one, Dallas needs a guy like Bill, a guy who's won in the last decade, a guy who's taken a team and actually made them better, a guy who understands defense unbelievably well and can come in and maybe build something, build a new culture, rally this team together. But we need something different. I also think Dallas should be giving Jim Harbaugh a call. Jim Harbaugh has not signed to stay with Michigan, and he hasn't decided where he's going. I can't imagine that he stays in the college football world. I think Jim definitely has this vendetta that he has to go beat his brother John and get a Super Bowl, get a national championship. And if he does that, he's definitely going to be looked at as the best Harbaugh in that situation. But let me tell you something. Jim's not out of the question. I think Jim could come in, do the exact same thing that he's done in Michigan. Now listen, Jim is not a play caller. Jim is not the guy calling every single play, but Jim is this guy that can figure out culture of coaches. He's a guy that can put a personnel together. He's a guy that can manage players. He's a guy that can manage the season. We need a guy like Jim Harbaugh, a guy like Bill Belichick, even a guy like Pete Carroll who could come in, who who dealt with a guy like Russell Wilson, who isn't phenomenally good, we're finding out, maybe in the same situation that Dak is, but that can come in and rally a group of players. We need to be rallied, and right now Big Mike and this Dallas Cowboys team just doesn't seem like they're the fit. If we're throwing Big Mike out of the picture, though, I also think it's time that we throw Dak Prescott out of the picture. I don't think Dak Prescott, who's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, is actually making it worth his time. I don't think Dak's value is actually in his contracts. The guy's not a winner. He's not winning games. Dak, every time it comes to big games, what does he do? He's going to throw some interceptions. He's going to have a mediocre game, and he's not going to get us very far. Dak, throughout the season, has games where he looks phenomenally good, where we're talking about him being the MVP candidate. Yet, then he goes into the playoffs and looks like absolute garbage. I think it's time that we put Mike McCarthy, we put Dak Prescott, in a v- and we ship him the hell out of Dallas. I think we ship them the hell out of Dallas, get them somewhere else, and we have players that I think could make strides and become great. 
but it is time that Dallas starts making big changes as far as coaching goes, and we need to start thinking about the quarterback situation. Is Dak a guy that is going to win us a championship? In my opinion, Dak isn't that guy. But enough about the Cowboys. Let's talk about Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Credit to Jordan Love. He came in and looked like a badass. He came in and was slinging that ball. And the crazy thing is he was putting that ball in the middle of the field most times. He was throwing a good ball. He seemed composed. Dallas wasn't able to rush him very often. They weren't pressuring him a ton. And Jordan Love definitely looked more composed and more veteran in that position than Dak did last night. Jordan Love had almost a perfect game last night. The Green Bay Packers had almost a flawless game last night in a game that was just an absolute blowout. But Jordan Love is the real deal. They've waited for him. I didn't know how Jordan Love would turn out to be. A lot of people I think were in that same boat when the whole Aaron Rodgers things was happening. Aaron said he believed in him. But there was weird tension there in Green Bay. And we didn't know if he was going to be a bust. We didn't know if he was good. they were going to develop him into something good. Let me tell you, Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And he's developing this Green Bay team, who is the youngest team in the NFL right now, who looked veteran in that first playoff game, who looked composed in that first playoff game. They called the right plays. They ran the right things. They just continued to shove it down Dallas's throat last night. And I think this Green Bay team is going to be interesting to watch in the playoffs as they go take on the Detroit Lions. Now let's talk about the Detroit Lions. They get a W last night. First one in Detroit Lions history in a while. They were able to go and get a W. Let me tell you something. Before I dive in to you know, this game, we have to give damn Dan Campbell credit. He was able to rally this team together. He was able to bring the team together. He's a guy that when you listen to him, even whether you're a fan or not, you get motivation from him. You feel what he's talking about. Last night, they had a video of him talking about the uh, the energy of the stadium being as unbelievably good as it was. He called it electric. He said it was humming. He could feel something different in that stadium last night. And let me tell you something. I think everybody feels something different when we watch this Detroit Lions team. No offense to Matthew Stafford. The guy played hard. He did his best there. But this team is a different team. They're being loved more by the Detroit Lions fans than they ever have. And everybody that doubted Dan Campbell when he became a head coach, they have to be eating it now. Dan Campbell is a coach that will go down in history, in my opinion, as a coach that rallied guys together and that his team loved playing for. Dan Campbell's one of the best coaches in the NFL right now, and this Detroit Lions team has a lot of vendetta. They have a lot of motivation going into the next game against the Green Bay Packers. Now, what a game that's going to be to kind of watch play out and unfold. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions, of course. I just don't think they they have so much momentum going in. I think last night as the Detroit Lions were watching that Cowboys game, they were saying, hell yeah, Green Bay, hell yeah, because we didn't want to even play those dumbass Dallas Cowboys again after they screwed us in a referee call and we lost that game. But hell yeah, Green Bay, they got the win. I know that. Dan Campbell's excited to go in because we're going to have two teams that are young. We're going to have two teams that maybe aren't super experienced in the playoffs, and we're going to get to watch them battle it out. And it's going to be a fun game in my opinion. But thank God for the Lions and 
the the Lions and the Rams game last night because it was the only good game in a super wild card weekend that the NFL created. It was terrible. Cleveland got absolutely annihilated by Houston. Dallas got annihilated by the goddamn Packers. And we at least got a good game last night between Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, this Rams team, and this Detroit Lions team. How far do the Lions make it, though? I think that's the question that everybody's asking. How far does this Lions team go above and beyond and make a little playoff run? In my opinion, I think the I think Detroit makes it past Green Bay, but I don't think they get past the I don't think they get past the NFC Championship. I just can't see it happening. I think San Fran's going to be the team in the NFC. I think San Fran moves all the way to... You know what I see end up being? As I Honestly, this year, I see it being a Baltimore-San Fran Super Bowl. Again, again. Now, that's the crazy part, right? Because we saw one year when Jim was there, it was Baltimore versus the 49ers. I think it's a Baltimore 49ers Super Bowl, and I think it's an absolutely amazing game. I think it's a matchup that us as football fans are all going to love to see. But it's interesting what's happening in the playoffs right now. So, we see the Detroit Lions move on. Good game. Dan Campbell's a beast of a coach. Then we see C.J. Stroud on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, just sling the ball. C.J. Stroud is the real deal. And if you don't believe it, you're out of your damn mind. C.J. Stroud was standing in that pocket on that beautiful, glorious Saturday and just slinging the ball to all of his wide receivers. That Texas team looks like a team that's going to absolutely be a team that competes. I'm telling you right now, if I'm a team in the NFL, I don't want to play the Texans in the playoffs. Again, it's the same story as the Lions. They have so much motivation. They have so much vendetta. They have a coach that's rallying them. It's a tough team to play. And I think we saw that as the Cleveland Browns. Because the Cleveland Browns came into the game. People had amazing hopes for them because of Joe Flacco and what he's been able to do for that team. But do I think that Joe Flacco—do I think that— the Houston Texans are a team that I'm looking at and want to play? Absolutely not. This Texans team's a team that I think could make a run. Do I think they actually get to the Super Bowl? No. I don't think they have the pieces yet. But do I think C.J. Stroud is a franchise quarterback that'll go on to be a great? Absolutely. Once they got Deshaun Watson and that whole mess out of there and Bill O'Brien, all these guys that were just shit, once they pushed them the hell out of Houston, let me tell you something. This team got better. This team has been a slow build to getting better, and they definitely look like a team that I would not want to play. Now, enough with the NFL. Let's dive into the college football world a little bit. Now, college football is done for the year. Unfortunately, it's one of the saddest times of my life is when college football ends because I love it so much. It brings a tear to my eye. But we're always keeping updated, and a lot of stuff has happened in the college football world over the last any 72 hours even. The big story, I think, is Deion Sanders had his first team meeting with his new team, the Colorado Buffaloes. Now, this is going to be a fascinating story to watch play out, right? Because we have a team that is going to be looked at as a team that did the best in the transfer portal. In my opinion, Deion, what he's been able to do at Colorado and the reason he might be worth the money that he's worth, that Colorado's paying him, is because he's able to bring these unbelievable recruits because of what he's done with social media, because he's what he's done with the NIL deal, the hype that he's brought around this Colorado team. But the question is, does Dion 
see a different result this season than he did in his first season. Now, me personally as a Dion fan, I think Dion's going to be able to come in and we're going to see him definitely get some more wins. The question is, does the defense get better? I think that was the main thing that happened this year, right? Is they didn't play much better than they have in previous years. Now, there was more hype on Colorado this season. But the question is, does their defense get better? Because their defense in this first season was absolute dog water. They looked terrible. They didn't look you know, together. They couldn't stop anything. They gave up more points than any of the top teams that we're actually watching and talking about. And so this first meeting marks a big one, in my opinion, for the future of Deion Sanders. Because if Deion can come in and he can get this Colorado team rallied, they can come out and play better defense. They still got the throwing arm of Shador. They still have Travis Hunter who's throwing, you know, who's who's just an absolute legend out there on the field. In my opinion, this Colorado team definitely is going to be better. They switched some coaching staff up. It seems as though Dion has some maybe more player management ways to keep the players active. They have some really good stuff happening within the coaching lineup and the coaching staff. I'm going to be excited to see what happens with this Dion Sanders team this season, especially as now they're in a new conference and are they going to be able to come up come out and show up, right? They've got to show up for this Colorado team. They've got to show up in big games. And more importantly, they've got to be able to play the defense in order to get these big wins against these bigger opponents. Last thing I want to touch on is Kalen DeBoer at Alabama. Now, in my opinion, this hire was one of the best hires that Alabama could have made. Kalen DeBoer went to Washington, had two seasons, was able to get him to a national championship, was a coach that, again, I've said it multiple times today, rallied the team. He is a guy that his team falls in love with. They play hard for him. He knows what he's doing. He's a talented guy. But Kalen DeBoer, in my opinion, and maybe I'll be wrong and knock on wood, I'll be wrong. But Kalen DeBoer, in my opinion, has a lot, a lot of stress on his shoulders. Okay, because you're going to the SEC, you're going to Tuscaloosa, where there are Alabama fans just hoping something happens. And the, this is a football town. This is a football fan base that is so used to winning that if you don't allow them to win, you're going to have to really, you're going to deal with a lot of critical feedback. Let's just say it that way. Because you're following the greatest coach to ever do it with a record that we continue to look at, we continue to criticize and continue to dive deep down into, and it's an unbelievable record. But if you can't come in and win games and get them to a bowl game and get them to the college football playoffs, if you can't come in and do that as Kalen DeBoer, you're going to be one of the most disliked person in Alabama. But Kalen DeBoer, in my opinion, is a great hire. I liked his interview, that his press conference. He mentioned a lot of things. It's a pretty basic press conference. But the one thing I did like that he said is, and, and the one thing that was interesting to me is he said, I expect Nick Saban to give me one thing that we can do better with a day. One thing a day that he can get better with. And the interesting th thing that he said is, he'll probably give me 10, and I'll be okay with that. So we know Nick Saban is going to definitely be a part of this team still, whether Alabama fans, well, I can't imagine that Alabama fans wouldn't like that, but Nick Saban's going to be part of this team. The question is, is how big of an influence is Nick Saban going to continue to have on this Alabama team? And I can't imagine it's going to be nothing. Nick Saban's going to be there as a resource to DeBoer. He's going to be there as a resource to the athletic department. He's going to be there as a resource to the players that he recruited. And in my opinion, Nick Saban is going to be pretty hands-on in this first season 
giving up the head coaching position of the Alabama Crimson Tide. But that does it for me. A bunch of BS. Episode number one is done as far as the sports podcast go. I appreciate everybody that listens. It'll continue to get better. It'll continue to maybe not be as quick. Maybe I'll dive into more things. But I want to thank everybody who has watched this show before. I want you to share this show. Um, we're going to try and become the biggest sports podcast in the world. And I want to thank everybody that it's going to be along this journey. So thank you. I'm excited to be doing this. And I will see you on the next episode as we continue to talk a bunch of sports.